everybody, I'm Stormy Bonantoni, rinkside reporter for the Golden Knights. And what you're about to hear is Game Misconduct. It's the Vegas Golden Knights' newest podcast with myself and Senior Manager of Communications and Content for the team, Alyssa Girardi. We'll also have some pretty great guests along the way. Every show, we're talking hockey and lifestyle while showcasing incredible female figures in and around the NHL. On this episode, we dive into our purpose, starting up the Game Misconduct podcast, what to expect from the new look VGK season. We might go on a tangent or two. Mark Stone is a mood. He's every mood on the mood board. He's not just a mood. (laughs) And we sit down with our very first guest, Heidi Browning. Heidi shares her unorthodox path to becoming the NHL's Senior Executive Vice President and Chief Marketing Officer. I wanted to be um, an international lawyer, maybe even be a foreign diplomat. You know, I was on this path. How she overcame some initial hesitation about entering the hockey world. Coming into the league with what I perceived as being my weakness actually turned into a strength because if we're going to grow our sport, we need to understand how we can communicate and connect with casual fans and new fans and bring them into the sport. And some truly sage advice for life and industry. Going fearlessly in uh, is is really been a mantra of mine. And you, I just looked at it as, you know, this is the business school of life. And, you know, if you're passionate and you're confident in your skill set, your core skill set that you have, wherever you apply it, you're going to pick up more and grow and learn. And that's just what I, I chose to do. Time now to welcome you in to Game Misconduct. Well, Alyssa, I don't know how we did it, but we somehow convinced the bosses to let us have a show. I don't know if they're going to agree with this decision they made after hearing this, but here we are. We'll just see how episode (laughs) one goes. And we somehow also convinced Heidi Browning, the NHL's CMO, to be our first guest. So I think that we're starting on a pretty good foot. I mean, you can't really get much better than Heidi, as you guys will see. She's just, she's amazing. So super excited to talk to her. And in the same week that we're starting up the season, just a lot of really cool things that are going on right now. And before we dive into that, which we will, we'll give you guys this little season tune up to get y'all geared up for what's to come in this new look year. But I think it's important for us to share a little bit about who we are with people and what this show is and what's our why. So how about you just introduce yourself to to VGK as Alyssa Girardi. I'm our senior manager of communications and content. So you guys don't know my voice audibly, but you know the voice of our Golden Knight social media, which is what I am a part of. So I'm part of the awesome team that helps create and shape all of the fun content that you get to see on our social channels. So this is kind of my first foray into this world. So Stormy's going to be taking me along for this ride with her. Super pumped because as you know, I'm like a, I'm a huge fan, as is everyone listening, I'm sure, of the VGK Twitter and Instagram. You guys are so funny and witty, and I'm obsessed with your intermission polls, which is... I mean, Gordon Weigers, who's your kind of partner in crime in the social space, always makes so much fun of me because I get in on the intermission polls. Yeah, we see. During games. <laughs> Sorry. We see the replies, well, yeah. Well, when you ask questions like, you know, the top the top dressings that go with with fries or something and ranch isn't on that list, I'm going to freak out. So that's how you know which polls come from Gordon versus which come from me because I would never do ranch that disservice. 
by not including it. Yeah. I'm from the Midwest. You guys, ranch is king. The disrespect that that young man gives a ranch. I know. Hurts my soul. And it's, it's funny that you say that because our social is very funny and witty and I'm not like that in real life. (laughs) So I don't feel like. You know, that's not one of the first things people say about me is, oh, Alyssa, she's hilarious. So sometimes when there's stuff on social, I'll have my family or friends reach out and be like, did you approve this or or were you a part of this? Like, there's no way you're not that funny. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) That's like, okay. so honestly, something that my parents say to me all the time is that I come across as funnier sometimes than I actually am. Like other people find me funny, but my family does not at all. Yeah, I find you funny. You're very you are very charming, charming in real life think, and oh. you, you are charming on tv so that is real later in this season you guys are going to hear a lot about stormy that you don't know because i have a running list of all <laughs> that you of, don't want to know all the weird quirky things that she does and we're going to talk a little bit more about both of us being embedded with the team this season in this closed environment so stormy and i are learning a lot about each other and you guys are going to hear some weird stuff yes in a very short amount of time and i guess i can introduce myself a little bit too i'm the ringside reporter for the golden knights i you'll see me on a lot of these social media videos that Alyssa puts out as just one of the many broadcast faces of our team throughout the year and as Alyssa said we're embedded with the team right now and it's a very unique different experience kind of going through what a lot of the players are going through getting COVID tested every single day and you know limiting whether or not we can go to the grocery store or we can't go to the gym and it's just about like making smart decisions right now but I'm somebody who's really a social butterfly, so to speak. And so being in this situation where it really is go to work, come home is challenging in its own right, but like so exciting that we get to be a small piece of this season. Whereas I know how much the fans at home really miss being at T-Mobile Arena and being at practices here at City National Arena and all those things. So we are going to try our very best to give you guys a look at all those different things that are going on behind the scenes that even things that you would normally not appreciate on a game day because you got it every single day, but other teams aren't able to give you that stuff right now, but I think we can. So it'll be cool. Yeah, it's exciting. It's a definitely a weird season, as we know, as the, as the end of last season was too, but we're super excited to be in the bubble and have a really unique opportunity to create some different content. And we're going to be spending the next five, six months together every single day. Yeah. So it's get ready. Get ready. I mean, typically we'll get a day or two off or, you know, if there's a national game storm, we won't come along or Gordon and I will alternate on road trips. But our little bubble group is we're in it now Mm -hmm. so it's going to be it's going to be fun and we're excited to bring you guys along for the ride especially on you know this podcast but also just our social channels and we're gonna have some fun so we're gonna make you feel like you're there with us and everybody listening right now you're like okay we've got someone who does social media someone who's a reporter cool what the heck is this show (laughs) and very good question 
obviously it's called game misconduct and you see the two S's in miss because we are women and a big part of what this podcast is going to be about is celebrating and highlighting the incredible women that work in the hockey world and I mean Alyssa you and I talk about this all the time there are so many so many in so many different facets of the industry that you wouldn't even think of at all yeah when we started putting the list together of who we want to talk to I don't think either of us expected it to go on for probably 12 lines on our Google Doc single space. There were so many. It just off the top of our head, there's obviously, you know, ringside on the social side and there's executives like Heidi we're talking with later, but there's scouts, there's people behind the scenes. There's a lot of people in hockey ops. There's honestly, there's a woman in nearly every area of the sport and it's so exciting and it's it's worth shedding light on and raising these other women up. And so excited to talk to people from all stages of their career too, because it's going to be really interesting to hear how people got to where they are. And that's, I'm sure one of the questions you Stormy get a lot too, is how did you get the job you have? And you realize that nobody's path is the same. And a lot of the people we're talking to, some of them are former players. Some of them didn't even come from the sports world. So it's really interesting that there's not a mold that people have to fit to end up in their dream positions. And that's a really exciting thing to celebrate. It's exciting to celebrate this, you know, I don't know if you want to call it a movement, but this, these, this massive amount of women and females in this industry, because they're awesome. Yeah. And there's no boundaries on honestly, for these conversations, because a lot of the talks we're going to have, yes, are how did you get to where you are now? How did you find out that this is what you wanted to be? What was your path? But it's also going to be going through the joys and chaos of day-to-day life and what our guests' interests are away from sport, what our interests are away from sport. For me, when we kind of were coming through this idea where it really stemmed from Well, it's in from a couple different areas for me, but like as a reporter, one of my just big internal desires in my job in general is connecting with people and finding out exactly what you said, like what makes you tick, what took you from point A to point B, and it's always something different. And I think we're going to have a lot of fun with a lot of the conversations that we have throughout the year. Yeah, it's going to be great. And I'm a true believer of women should bring each other up and there is enough room for all of us and it's something that I assume we'll get into with a lot of our guests but in a way you're bred to be competitive with other women and then I think you reach a point in your career where it's like no we should be lifting each other up. There's enough room for all of us. I want I want there to be more women. And there are trailblazers, and those trailblazers are leading the way for people entering the industry. And that's that's really important to, to touch on. And it's it's exciting. It's gonna be great to talk to so many people and to really get into some of the, the nitty-gritty of what it's like to be a female in the sports world. But at the same time, this is a Golden Knights podcast. So of course we're gonna talk Golden Knights hockey. Yeah. Yes, and that's the thing is like this show is obviously we're going to be highlighting these incredible women who are blazing trails and disrupting the hockey world and going through all of this stuff, but it's also just to 
engage more with our audience in a different way um, because we still want everybody who's listening to SLG and D, everybody who's listening to the VGK Daily to know that this is a spot where you're gonna get interesting insight, maybe a little bit different from some of the other people you've listened to on the Golden Knights, on what these players are, are doing and what's happening in the NHL. Like we're gonna give you that with our own little lifestyle-driven flair at times and it's gonna be a little bit of a different path but we're super excited for all of you to come on this journey with us. And something I will say, just because a lot of this is very female driven, I don't want you to say like that there aren't incredible men out there doing incredible things. Like there are literally every mentor that I have had in this business has been a man. And I'm so incredibly grateful for that influence that I've had in my life. But at the same time, I think it's super important to recognize that when we do go into a dress room for post-game availability or something like that, it's kind of a cool feeling when you see another woman in there. It's very cool. It's, a, it's just... It's a just a like there's secret a club you yeah, didn't know you were part of. I was going to say, just like there's a boys club, there's some sort of like a female thing as well and that, that we identify with. And I don't think that there's reason to shy away from that. No, it's like, hey, I see you and I hear you and let's do what we can to, to help each other. And it's a very empowering feeling, too, to know that there's other people who are going through some of the same things you are that are unique to you and we've talked about it just over the past couple days of hey what's what are you gonna wear today what's your what's the dress code and not in a way like hey we're going to a party you don't want to don't want to look similar just you know are you gonna be a little more dressed up and those little things you know I'm not asking our male co-workers what are you wearing to work today no (laughs) and that's an incredible example because three of the four of us who are on the content side that are a part of this modified bubble experience being embedded with the team are women and being down on the ice level with all the players they're obviously dressed in their practice attire and the coaches are dressed in their practice attire you got your warm-ups your quarter zips your pads and sweaters as you go out on the ice and then I've got this like fluffy jacket on and I'm like I don't look like I belong here but this is the jacket that's gonna make me warm today and these are things that you actually have to think about because since that day I'm like you know what I'm gonna wear more black I'm gonna right I'm gonna, I'm gonna blend, blend in <laughs> right and, but and it's so, a simple it's thing it's little things and that you never think again of. that's that's the girls club you just you need your girls sometimes and <laughs> these are these are the conversations we're gonna to be having and enlightening you guys I'm I don't think these are industry specific concerns that we have but it's there's it is a little club of us and it's great to have the support of people who like I said are know where you're coming from totally and we might as well just get into some of that VGK stuff right now because we have been embedded with the team this entire training camp so far Uh, bubble life as we kind of got into a little bit has been pretty interesting and because we didn't experience the bubble in Edmonton whereas Katie Schmeichel who's our videographer and in the bubble with us like she has so she's been giving us a lot of tips of just how you can handle certain situations how close we can be to players for interviews but we've also had to do like normal content announcements and things that under normal circumstances we wouldn't have these parameters and we'd have this free reign to do whatever kind of crazy content we want and so learning how to do our jobs in these new parameters has been really unique too. For example, 
we announced that Mark Stone is the first captain of the Vegas Golden Knights and just the the way that we had to go with helping create that content and showcasing Mark Stone in this new role and getting his personality. We had to go through some hoops to get that done. And it was really, really cool to stretch ourselves in a new way, I think. Yeah, in a way it challenges you when you're restricted. We're lucky to work at an organization that doesn't limit us on the content side very much. We were really given a lot of flexibility and creative control and the trust from both the business side, but also the the hockey op side to do what we do and do it well. And that's great. But now because of this world, there's a lot of health and safety protocols that have to come first. So just operating in those parameters and, you know, we're, we're trying to find ways to do these shoots that would normally have two or three people and it's okay, there's one of us now and we're going to figure it out. We're going to do it as well as we can. So we're really having to find new ways to do what we do anyway and not make it seem like there's a difference so it's been challenging but it's been fun I've been having fun have you been having no fun? of course of <laughs> course I have we even were talking this morning about how for one of the features we did Katie was helping giving me a little camera lesson and I was redusting off those skills I had from when I was a one-man band with my first job in the Mountain West Conference and trying to get the capture the content of the C being stitched onto the sweater. I was so nervous. I was like, this is an important announcement. You can't trust me with this stuff. But it was really, she really crushed cool. it, you guys. She crushed it. You're very you're very <laughs> sweet. The camera crushed it. Stormy got crushed. But it was really, really cool. And being able to sit down with Mark Stone and hear his immediate reaction pretty soon after he was given the news from Pete DeBoer that he was going to be captain. And Seeing just the way that he answered those questions, you could tell that it wasn't something that he took lightly. It was so it meant so much to him. And I I, I don't know. I'm not used to seeing Mark show that kind of emotion. We know expressive Mark Stone. He's a blast when he's celebrating goals. He's always willing to talk to us in the locker room, no matter what the situation is. But that type of emotion, I feel like you don't get from Mark often and it was super honest and genuine and it was just a really cool moment. It was and you could see by watching him talk about it both in the sit down you did with him but also in his availability after we announced that he was captain just how much it means to him and he is in a locker room with a lot of former captains too. There's a lot of veterans in that team. There's there's yeah, guys Alex who Petrangelo, have, Max yeah. Pacioretty, the, that was I mean, Max was the captain of the Montreal Canadiens. Alex just won a Stanley Cup with the St. Louis Blues two years ago. Like, these are big leaders here. There's a lot of leaders in their room. And, you know, there's a lot of leaders from year one, too, that, you know, Mark Stone obviously isn't a quote-unquote misfit. But he came and there's a reason he is in this position. And... Pete DeBoer just said it best that there was never one moment where it clicked where he thought okay that's our captain but it's just the way he carries himself day in and day out and that's the kind of leader you want in a, in a locker room as somebody who's consistent who pushes others who we all know he brings up the energy on the <laughs> ice you have to watch him for two seconds to see that and you know that's he he exudes a leadership quality that's kind of 
hard to put a name on. Yeah, when you talk about those those expressions, though, like Mark Stone is a mood. He, he's every mood on the mood board. He's not just a mood. <laughs> Mark Stone is a whole other spectrum of moods. Yeah. And I'm here for it. And I know he's so excited, too, to get out there at T-Mobile Arena for this four-game homestand to start the season. We were there for the scrimmages uh, that have been going on during camp, and it's so different, you guys. We miss you so much already. <laughs> we <were> like, <laughs> it's the first time we were in there, it was really interesting because the game day production crew was still figuring out what to do. And you could even tell with the crowd noise, the first day it was a bit of just a constant stream of a fan murmur kind of a thing. And then for scrimmage too, that when a goal was scored, you knew a goal was scored. When a big save was made, you knew a big save was made and you could tell how the players reacted to it. Yeah, if you would have shut your eyes, it would have been, you would have felt like there were people there, but we can't do that, unfortunately. And it's so loud. And so we've got it's our so masks loud. on trying to talk through different things that we want to execute for the team. I lost my voice the next day because we were screaming. Because it's typically, I've never realized how important lip reading is to having a conversation <laughs> in a rink until we have masks on. Because it's so loud, we're not hearing each other. We don't want to pull our masks down. We're socially distanced as yeah, well. Yeah, so, so we're, we're six feet apart. screaming at each other. <laughs> uh, but yeah, lip, lip reading is a super underrated thing, especially like I do college football as well. I For ESPN, during this kind of weird off season, I was fortunate enough to get to get an entire college football season in, which is surreal to me. But being a sideline reporter in that type of role, lip reading is like a major, major skill. And with, it, with the coaches having masks on and stuff, I was super worried about it. I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to go horribly but because there's nobody in the stadium didn't really think about that that's true and yeah. i could hear conversations clear as day i couldn't like <laughs> it was so Stormy's much... over there taking notes from what she hears on the no, sidelines i was like can't repeat that, can't repeat that. <laughs> but some of the potty mouths coaches we've never heard that around oh no around a hockey rink <laughs> no 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 but i'm just it did feel really really good to be back at t-mobile arena and the team talks about it in every post uh, practice availability just how much they miss you how much they want you back but fortunately we have this awesome thing that if you stuck with us during the postseason last year called fortress at home where the golden knights are bringing the excitement of the fortress into your house every game night so each golden knights home game make sure you log on to the golden knights social channels facebook twitch youtube uh mark chinook is going to be at the castle in T-Mobile, hyping you guys up. They're still going to be playing those in-arena games, like the cookie face game, which is one of my favorites. <laughs> so make sure you're checking that out as kind of a second screen viewing experience to us on AT&T Sportsnet or to Dan Duva and Gary Lawless on the radio when you're listening to them. If you still want to get a little bit of that game day flavor, you can. You can, and you should, because... Why would you not want to be as close to the fortress as you can, even if it's through a screen? Well, and especially because this season is going to be so unique with the division realignment and adding Colorado, adding St. Louis and Minnesota. Well, when those teams were added to our division, I was like, come on, man, because Minnesota just has our team's number historically, which is 
very frustrating. And then obviously the games that we had with St. Louis going to overtime, the back and forth, it was a very exciting series, but one that made my heart have serious issues every game. (laughs) Uh, And Colorado, like they're such a fast team. They're so skilled. And the fact that we're going to be playing that team four times in a row, including an outdoor game at Lake Tahoe is going to be. I can't wait for that. It's going to be wild. And it was funny. Pete said the other day, thankfully we're not playing on an open lake because we would never catch Nathan McKinnon <laughs> on an open lake. And I thought that was that was hilarious. That was a great, that was quote of quote of the day. 100%. And we actually have a little snippet that we're going to have to share with you guys later on in the show that relates to this Lake Tahoe game. And you're going to love it. I can just feel it already. But we do want to make sure that we get into and highlight our first incredible guest on this show. I think that it's time that we introduce Heidi. She is the senior executive Vice President and Chief Marketing Officer of the NHL. She's an absolute stud rock star in this business. She's done a little bit of everything, too. A lot. and A lot of everything is actually a better way to put it. Yeah, a lot of everything. And I'm so excited to hear how she got where she was, because I honestly don't know. But her previous experiences, just to run through it with you guys, she worked at Pandora, Universal McCann, MySpace before coming to the NHL. She just had marketing experience from all over and I that has to play into what she is bringing to the league now and I can't wait to hear about how all of that background shaped the way she approaches hockey. Let's check out our conversation with Heidi Browning. So right off the bat, Senior Executive Vice President and Chief Marketing Officer of the National Hockey League, Heidi Browning, our first guest. And looking at your background and all of your accolades, one of Adweek's most powerful women in sports, most powerful woman in music by Billboard, Forbes CMO next, and being named one of Forbes' most influential CMOs in 2020. It's like it, the list goes on and on. So why are you talking to us? Because <laughs> you two are awesome. <laughs> It's an honor to be here. It really is to be your first podcast guest. Is that for real? Yes. Yes. We're starting off on a strong note. Excellent. Well, thank you. Yes. Thank you for taking the time. And Stormy actually asked me earlier today, the first time I had met you in person. And I remember, I don't know if you'll, I, I bet you'll remember this, but it was right around the NHL awards after we had done our expansion draft. And you took a bunch of us women working in social out to dinner that night. And I was talking to Stormy about it and I was like, you know, that was so cool of her to take time to just take all of us younger women in the industry out to dinner and to chat with us. And it was cool in the moment, but just in hindsight, that was so awesome and says so much about you and how important it is for you to connect with us women entering the industry. Absolutely. And that was a really fun night. Uh, That was our our social soul sisters all getting (laughs) together and sharing. And, you know, we don't get many times where we can bring all the clubs together in a single place and get to meet each other and real, you know, face to face. So that was such a fun moment. And we start we built, as you can tell by now, long and lasting connections. So uh, we're going to keep doing that. 
Well, that's such a great concept too, because I feel like people always talk about networking, but I hate that word. It's about building those relationships and connecting and forgive me, my mind kind of works in a scatterbrained way, but the term connecting is actually a good segue into something we both were really interested in asking you about. We're doing our research on you and everything, Um, but I noticed in your Twitter bio, it says, my happy place is the intersection of media, tech, music and hockey, which is just such a great way to encapsulate not only these impactful stops in your personal journey, MySpace, Universal McCann, Pandora, and now the NHL, but also the greater landscape of what we consume as content and how all those things really do intersect. So you tell us, how has each one of those stops influenced your approach to that next role, your decision-making in the next role. Oh, absolutely. I feel like, um, you know, my career up until now has all been the warmups for the greatest moment, which is being the CMO of the NHL. And I am so grateful for every single stop along the way. Um, I've had the good fortune, as you've mentioned, of working for some amazing brands, uh, many of them first to market innovators in their own, you know, in their own categories, really redefining everything that we do. When you think about MySpace, for example, uh, that was the first time Uh, people had became content creators because they had their iPhones in their hands. They were creating videos and then they had distribution platforms so they could share with people they know and people they don't know. And that really redefined marketing forever because you have the power of community of content creation and distribution all in the hands of consumers. And for marketers, that was a, a, a day of reckoning, right? It's all of a sudden fans, consumers had the voice and they had the expectation that brands listen and that brands are responsive to what their needs are. It really shifted that social contract, if you will, between consumers and brands. And that is such an an important experience in my life because I bring it with me everywhere I go, that power of listening. It is so important no matter who you are, where you are uh, in in any organization that you listen to your customers. And uh, one of the areas that I've been really focused on at the league is listening to our young fans, our future fans, to really understand how can we shape our strategies, our content, and our marketing to make sure that we're relevant for the next generation of fans. And and then the other big brand that I work for that I take lessons from every day is Pandora and Pandora uh, music uh, is, you know, they were the, um, the, really the first uh, people to implement personalization, true personalization through, uh, through music. And that power of personal is something that I think is really uh, important. uh, And especially as we think about, you know, cutting through all of the noise that's out there, the more personalized your communications are, the more our fans can have one-to-one connections with the brands that they love, with the with the Knights, with the players, with the league. The, these are the things that are really important and empowering to young people. And so we need to keep that, that personal connection alive and nurture it uh, throughout all of our marketing. And you'll see that uh, in a number of the initiatives that we've uh, done here at the league is really doing that combination of listening to our fans and then bringing in that power of personal. I love that. And that's such a succinct way to put what social is and how it's changing. And I have this little quote on my desk and you talking about this reminded me of it. And it's from Jerry Seinfeld in the summarize. He says, you have to do it for them because once you start doing it for yourself, they'll know and they won't like it. And I have it there just as a reminder, because 
we always say you have to listen to what your fans and your followers want because it's really you're doing it for them. And it's such an important underrated part is just, you know, taking time to get in there and not even just looking at the analytics, but just looking at the replies and looking what people are saying. And it's as you brought up, the younger generation is so different from the older generation. So with the league having such a a wide reach with different age groups, but also different international bases as well, how do you find that balance of reaching to everybody? Well, it's a tricky balance for sure. And um, we we spend a lot of time, uh, again, planning and listening. So one of the uh, greatest programs that I'm most proud of uh, at the league is our Power Players program. And that is a youth advisory board. And the genesis of this program um, happened right when I started the league. I received a handwritten letter from a young girl named Sabrina Solomon. And she had read this article about how I was trying to, you know, grow the league be relevant to the next generation. And she said, I have all these ideas. I, you know, I live down the street. I can work for free. I'm off for the summer. You know, obviously we can't hire her. So we invited her into the league office and she, um, she, and I brought in a whole group of people to, to meet her thinking that, you know, she was like looking to see like what a career in, in, in NHL could be someday. And she joined us and brought an entire PowerPoint presentation filled with ideas and really good ideas. And she blew us away because she presented these ideas with all sorts of poise and grace and thoughtfulness. And um, some of the ideas we were already doing, but she didn't know. And that was a huge aha moment for us because if you continue to market and doing all these great things, but it's not resonating with this young fan base, that was a sign like we maybe we need to adjust things just a little bit to make sure that we're relevant, not only in the right places, but in the right tone and the right, you know, type of content that's going to be relevant to these audiences. So from there, we decided we'd um, uh, build a youth advisory board. Uh, it took us a couple years to get it, all the, you know, framework in place. Uh, but we had 1,500 applicants, 15 kids were finalists and um, have been advising us for over a year uh, on all of our marketing uh, and activities. And they, they talk about media, technology, sports, content, athletes, esports, every um, aspect of their world we talked about and how we can be a part of it or be connected to it. And what's so surprising and delightful uh, about this next generation, number one, they they know everything that's happening in the world. They um, are obsessed with learning about athletes and their lives and their, and, and, and they keep track of everything. And, and, and they'll even follow athletes, the sports they don't watch just because they're so interested in those athletes lives, which is really, really, really cool. Um, they're also really, um, interested in, you know, showcasing their skills and their passions and their, you know, their work. And so they, they really influenced our whole creator of the week program where we're acknowledging, you know, sourcing and identifying, acknowledging these fans who are talented, whether it's their fan cave or their craziest trick shot or, you know, art, we've got these amazing artists, like we're trying to feature and focus on those fans and do more of that moving forward. And then the last piece that's just been so powerful is their commitment to uh, equality and their, you know, commitment to social justice and really thinking it's, you know, about how important it is and their commitment to helping the league make sure that we're a welcoming place for all uh, for the future of our sport. 
And something that I thought was kind of a unique part about all of those things coming together, whether it be from the social justice standpoint or getting to know players' personalities, I feel like during that time, during the pause and during this pandemic, there's been a little bit of a shift when it comes to hockey and hockey players, because it is always such a, you know, hockey is a team. It's not about the individual. But during this time, we got to see a lot more of these players' personalities and what they're doing at home, doing their Zooms and seeing what their kitchen looks like and all those types of things. And I feel like from the league standpoint, you guys really did a really great job of jumping on that and engaging with the clubs to push that out. Well, thank you. And you're, you're exactly right that the hockey culture is sort of the biggest challenge in the social media space because it is all about the name on the front of the jersey, not the name on the back, right? And um, we've been trying for years uh, to make sure that people understand that you can have both, right? You can be a team-oriented and a player all day long, all night long, and it's it's okay to have a social media following. In fact, that's what fans expect as they want to know all these aspects about you because they admire you. They want to know what you eat, how you work out, you know, what you read. Like our athletes are influencers to these kids. And so to be able to, you know, peel off the visor, show your personality and um, really give people an unprecedented glimpse into um, the lives of our players was uh, was amazing. I mean, if there was ever a bright spot in this pandemic, that was it. Uh, and um, we were just so encouraged. We had um, 611 out of 700 players post during that period of time, which was phenomenal. And, uh, you know, the fans love it. You can, you know, they're, they're still talking about it and they, you know, and there was such a big demand on it when we look at engagement rates uh, versus, you know, other, you know, sports or leagues or programs these players had the highest engagement rates because people have been dying and waiting for these moments to learn more about them. And it's kind of the the paradox of it's what people love about hockey is the humbleness and the team sport aspect of it. But at the same time, it's you want to push your guys who have the personalities to be at the forefront. It's something that on the social side, I feel like we're trying to find that balance of encouraging players to not be afraid to show their personalities because that's really that's what the fans want. And the numbers really show that. And it's personally, it's been helpful for us on to have the league lead the way and with things like the cup confidential during the playoffs of telling the players okay there's going to be one player on every team doing this every single day you know we're not going to be the ones to not do it like and then they start to see okay this guy's doing it so i don't feel as as self-conscious about it and i i think that having the the league lead the charge and showcase all the clubs buy-in it really helps in the communication with our players that, that's great. And, it, and it's on us to make sure that we preserve the culture of hockey that's so amazing, but also modernize it because we do know that it's become an athlete driven media world out there. And so um, for, you know, the health of our athletes, both while they're in the league, as well as their lives beyond, it's important that we create that balance for for both. Well, Heidi, I wanted to get to know a little bit more about you and and your path, because I feel like everybody wants to know 
how do you get to this role? But the path is so twisty and curvy along the way. And I saw that when you graduated college from CU Boulder, you were studying international relations and affairs and a focus on sub-Saharan Africa. And I need to know how that got you to the CMO of the NHL. Yeah, that's that's crazy. It's, it's where you start isn't where you finish. That's the big lesson there. Um, no, I was, I wanted to be um, an international lawyer, maybe even be a foreign diplomat. You know, I was on this path and um, I was actually working at uh, Kaplan Test Prep, uh, working off my um, my program. I had a scholarship, if you will, my program to take the LSAT to go to law school. And in working there um, one day, uh, I had this, you know, little idea, which was, it was a beautiful, you know, summer day in Boulder, Colorado, everybody, all my friends were out having fun. Uh, and I had to work. And so I was like, I'm not going to sit inside and work all day. So I brought a table out. I brought the phone. They had phones on a cord at the time. And I set up, um, you know, all the brochures for Kaplan and, uh, you know, and it was on a walking mall. So we had tons and tons of foot traffic that day and all so that I could get a little bit of sunshine. Right. Um, but what happened was we generated more leads in, than we had in the history of the company because we just thought, I just thought outside the box, right? I brought the inside of the office outside onto the mall. And by that, we generated all these leads and then future business. And I thought, wow, if this is, mar and I won a marketing award. I was like, if this is marketing, you know, maybe there's something, you know, more fun to this. And then I just continued to work at Kaplan and continued to, you know, um, to uh, work for really amazing marketing leadership in Kaplan. And that was really the birth of my my, my love for marketing. And so I never went to law school. I instead just focused entirely on marketing. I love that. And it, it really just goes back to following your passion and following, looking at what makes you happy and just running with that. And I love that. And that's one of the messages that we really want to get across in this podcast is there's not a simple path and your end goal is going to change as well. And when you were working for Kaplan was, did you ever think that you would end up as CMO of the National Hockey League? Was that even on your radar? <laughs> No, no, I, I, that wasn't on my radar. And in fact, you know, I was, um, what one would call one of the most casual fans of hockey, meaning I would tune in for the Stanley cup, you know, playoffs. And, uh, so I, I guess you would consider me a bandwagon fan and I would do it because, you know, other fans and friends, uh, were interested in it. And when I was first speaking with commissioner Bettman about the role, you know, I was kind of nervous because I wasn't a hardcore hockey fan. And he said to me, you know, we, you, you don't have to, be a hardcore hockey fan to work here. We have a whole company filled with hardcore hockey fans. And sometimes you can't see what you can't see. And so coming into the league with what I perceived as being my weakness actually turned into a strength because if we're going to grow our sport, we need to understand how we can communicate and connect with casual fans and new fans and bring them into the sport. And so that has been a real gift. You know, of course, now I'm a huge hockey fan, so <laughs> can't let, you know, let go with that. But yeah, it sneaks up on you. <laughs> yeah, it's an easy sport to love. Yeah. Um, and that's what's been so, you know, remarkable is like, how can we get even more fans to love it, right? And, and be more committed. That's so strangely relatable to me and getting hired here at the Golden Knights because I didn't have any hockey experience either. Um, but I grew up in Vegas. So when this town got a team, I was all in on the team, but I didn't really follow hockey throughout my life. I was always a sports 
person in general. I love football, basketball, baseball. Kind of that was where my career path had gone previously. But I had the TV experience, uh, which they really, really liked. And they loved that I was a hometown person that could connect with that Vegas born feeling with our fans. So I had a little bit of a different perspective. And so I totally like respect that you bring something a little bit different and that's what makes you, you, and that's what makes you special. Exactly. And I do think it's so important. You know, we talk about diversity. It's not just diversity of gender and diversity of ethnicity. It's diversity of experience and perspective. All of these things matter when you're trying to think about how can you grow? And and sometimes you need to have that, you know, new voice in there to kind of challenge the assumptions and challenge the status quo so that you can continue to evolve your brand or your business. Love that. And one thing, Heidi, we want to ask all of our guests that we're having on, and this might be a challenging question, but we're calling it our rookie reminder question. So if you could go back and tell rookie Heidi, just getting into the marketing marketing industry, anything, what advice would you give rookie Heidi? Well, that's great. I was thinking rookie Heidi, I wish I would have worn sunscreen when I was young. I mean, that is like <laughs> hands down my biggest advice for anybody. Uh, but, um, you know, I was always an overachiever all my life, you know, in high school, grade school, you know, always, um, you know, focused on getting the best grades, you know, competing at the highest level, all of those aspects. And when you get into the workforce, I continued to kind of strive for that um, perfection in our marketing campaigns and initiatives. And, you know, I think over the years I learned, and especially being in the technology and, um, you know, Silicon Valley space is that there's an opportunity for you to embrace failure, right? Not, don't fear failure, but actually embrace it. When you take a calculated risk or if your marketing campaign doesn't go as planned, as long as you walk away learning something from that, it's an okay thing to do. And, um, you know, Silicon Valley is very um, adept at, um, adept at, and embracing failure, like fail fast and iterate. And I think there's something to that because it helps you continue to build and grow. And, you know, when I was young in my career, that wasn't an option. Failure was not an option. And now that I look back on it and see that, you know, it's okay to, to have those, um, you know, challenges, have those wins, but also have those losses and then to continue to learning from them. And then the last part of it is, you know, as I've, you know, grown older, embracing this philosophy, if we're not failing, we're not pushing hard enough. So now I'm taking it to the other direction, right? Which is, you know, really trying to push ourselves to continue to innovate and learn. Well, Heidi, I think something too, a lot of young women that have interest in the hockey world or have interest in things that maybe seem outside of the norm, instead of risking failure, just don't try it sometimes. So is there any advice that you might have to young women that do see this as something they want to get into, but are a little bit afraid of what the the challenges might be in that area? Uh, absolutely. And, you know, it's kind of funny when you reflect on my whole, when I reflect on my whole career, I've made a career out of doing things I don't know anything about. Right. So, uh, you know, uh, from Kaplan, I went into digital marketing and it was in the early days of digital. And uh, my boss at the time, you know, had, I'd met him, you know, we had a wonderful interview and he said, so you want a job? And I was like, yeah, it just sounds amazing. There's only one problem. I don't know anything about digital. And he said, <laughs> you know what? That's okay. You know, marketing. And if you know marketing, you can learn digital. And he said, nobody knows digital because it was so early on. And so, you know, that, that having that freedom to 
to be, okay, now I can come in, I can learn everything, I can teach everyone, I can bring them along. Uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, comes social media. Social media was new on the space and my space. Nobody knew what was going on. Brands didn't know, you know, understand what user-generated content was and how to engage. That was a whole new space and place. Uh, you know, and, and you know, moving moving on to Pandora, uh, which was one of the first apps on the iPhone, you know, we had to relearn everything that we learned in the digital space because apps operate completely differently and you know we're disrupting an entire industry so all of you know so going fearlessly in uh is is really been a mantra of mine and you i just looked at it as you know this is the business school of life and you know if you're passionate and you're confident in your skill set your core skill set that you have wherever you apply it you're going to pick up more and grow and learn and that's just what i i chose to do that's so cool. And the name of our podcast, Game Misconduct, was legitimately chosen because it's about disruptors and disruption. So that's perfect. Fabulous. <laughs> I love it. I love uh, it. I wanted to ask, um, just because you mentioned being a bit of a casual hockey fan before getting into hockey, what was your sports background in general? Because I, I know that you were a big Brett Favre fan, it seems. Oh, <laughs> well, the Brett Favre thing is a funny is a funny joke. Um, you know, I uh, I was more of a mathlete than an athlete, if I'm being honest with you all. Uh, so, uh, in it, it, meaning, um, you know, my sports were really like I played basketball until I was too short and not good enough. And then uh, uh, really focused on, you know, things like skiing was my passion as a, for as an athletic pursuit. Um, but, you know, I um, watch, you know, whatever sports my family was watching, a, a lot of basketball and a lot of football. Um, but the Brett Favre thing is uh, a funny one because I'm on, I sit on a board of um, a, an organization called the TD Foundation. And it's an organization that provides funding to military families of our fallen heroes and our wounded warriors. And it's such an important organization because um, some of these families are living at poverty level, right? And if, you know, the, if, if um, a soldier has to, is wounded and has extraordinary uh, medical expenses, the families are struggling to make rent, to find, you know, school supplies for kids. Sometimes they've got medical concerns that are out of it. So we raise money to do microfunding for these families and the stories are incredible. Um, every year, we have a fundraiser and every year there's a signed jersey by Brett Favre. And so every year I've been, and this is far, this precedes my work at uh, the NHL. Um, so every year I've been, you know, bidding on this and, you know, it's all for a good cause. So I've, I've been obsessed with um, getting the Brett Favre jersey. And uh, so the first one I got um, was fantastic. I wore it on the plane. I got into the cockpit and I sent him these pictures. <laughs> and so every year I spent try to up the level of, you know, fun with the Jersey. So we did our first virtual fundraiser this year because of the pandemic. And um, I felt like, you know, four jerseys, that's a lot, you know, somebody else should have it. And so we got into this like nice bidding war again, that's all good for the charity. Um, so he was kind enough to give two jerseys this year. So I, um, I do have that. So I might need to move on to another one. I've got a whole <laughs> wardrobe of these uh, that all, you know, and, uh, <laughs> and it's all for a good cause. Thank you for allowing me to share about that. <laughs> when Stormy asked that question, I did not expect that answer. No, that's <laughs> on that. that. But that is what this is about. That's the answer I needed. Thank you for sharing that. Yes. Thank you, Heidi. Our first ever guest on Game Misconduct. You set the bar very high. You are so insightful. We loved hearing from you and we really 
really appreciated you taking some time on the first couple days of the season. Not sure how you had the time for us, but I'll always make the time for you. This is fantastic. (laughs) Thank you. Before we let you go, I just want to say your internet today was perfect. The, the, oh yay you mean this technology thing that worked out because i know that when we tried to arrange this on the first day of oh, the nhl season yes. your internet went out so i'm so glad this worked everything went out cable voice internet on perfect great timing <laughs> how stressed were you yeah i was true i was very stressed <laughs> well congratulations on pushing through we appreciate you so much and we hope oh. to connect with you again in the future this is amazing You will. I look forward to it. Thank you both. And we'll talk soon. I could have kept Heidi on this podcast with us all day. Unfortunately, I think she has some more important things to get to with this season. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Her story. It's, it's so cool. And it's going to be one of our favorite parts of this podcast is just hearing all the different routes that people took to getting where they are. And what I love so much about Heidi's story is that she kind of figured it out as she went by just using her, you know, using her gut and looking at what made her happy and using her experience to figure out these new and emerging industries. And like she said, social media didn't exist when she got into marketing. And now she's overseeing digital and social for the National Hockey League. It's insane. And she's she's such an inspiration. And we mentioned this when she first hopped on, but she, when we asked her to join us for this podcast, she got back to us within minutes. And we know how busy she is, but she's somebody who will always take the time to connect when you ask her. Yeah, she was like, I am all about out, talking to you guys. Love the name. She was so sweet. I'm so happy we were able to connect with her and see what the NHL has on the horizon in terms of social and content and marketing this year because they're always raising the bar and doing something different. Yes. And side note, so letting you guys know, Stormy and I share a workspace now that we're embedded with. It's a kitchen. It's it's, it's a kitchen, which (laughs) Convenient, but I want to take her entire advice to rookie Heidi and print that out in big, bold letters and just paste it on the wall and read it every day. That's perfect. Can you get... Actually, we don't have access to the main printer because it's in the non-bubble portion of the building, so we might have to print that at home. Yeah, I mean, I want that in poster <laughs> size. And, you know, those big inspirational posters with a mountain in the background and an, an eagle flying. Oh, my gosh. The, the cat <laughs> the cat swinging hang in there. That, that'll yeah, be us. Because that advice that she gave, I feel, is can be a reminder, not just at work but in everyday life go fail it's okay god Heidi Heidi Browning inspo for days all right Stormy are you ready for our social segment I'm beyond pumped for this actually Alyssa (laughs) so this segment is going to be anything that you guys want to ask us nothing is off limits don't make it weird, but we will take questions or about. Do, but not like you know what I mean. You know, you you, you know you get the weird it. balance. Yeah, we'll take questions about the Golden Knights, hockey, sports, or fun stuff like food and how Stormy makes her hair so blonde. <laughs> what books <laughs> you've been reading lately? Good shows. If you need relationship advice, we might be the people to give it to you. Probably not, but we'll take a stab at it. So I'm glad at least you said how Stormy makes her hair so blonde and not how she is blonde personality-wise. No, no, no. I would never. <laughs> Everyone in my family would, though, so yeah. I appreciate well, it. Well, they're not on the podcast. It's just... Yeah, I might we, say it too offline. Yeah, but we didn't yeah. get to give them a show. Right. 
So send in your questions. Uh, you can tweet them at us. You can tweet them at the Golden Knights. You can, we'll probably be asking on Facebook every once in a while, but just, you know, find us on social media. You guys probably all follow Stormy, slide into her DMs, and <laughs> I will be compiling all these questions, and I'm going to catch Stormy off guard with some weird ones, so. I'm excited, scared, everything, anxious. Let's get, let's use that word, let's anxious. Weird. We should start every segment. Let's get weird. We need to get a sponsor on that. Alyssa's social segment, let's get weird. <laughs> I love it, which actually reminds me, let's also get license plates because the best way to show your VGK spirit, no matter where you are in Nevada, is with the Vegas Golden Knights license plate. I have one. As soon as I moved back home to Vegas and was re-registering my car here, that was the first thing that I did. I was so excited, loved it. It's just a great way to night up your vehicle and show everybody on the road what team you root for go knights go and go to dmvnv.com slash plates to show your pride and now Alyssa, let's get weird <laughs> let's do it our first question and i'm gonna add a little asterisk to this so dara wants to know if you weren't in your current positions what do you think you would be doing instead and my asterisk to that is we can't say anything related to what we're doing now so you can't say Oh, I'd be a newscaster. So something outside of sports, something outside of broadcasting. For me, something outside of social media and sports. So Stormy. I don't know how many people even know this about me, but when I was in college, I actually started college thinking I was going to be a nurse. (laughs) Really? Yeah. So I did my first two years of following medical prerequisites and going that route. And then I took a radio television elective that... I feel like I always thought this job was kind of a pipe dream type of a thing and not an actual job. No one really gets to do that. And then I took this RTV class and I just fell in love with it. But so had I not taken that class and basically doubled all of my units for my junior and senior years of college, then I probably would have been a nurse. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah. That, I did not expect that answer. Yeah, I don't think you even knew that about no, me. No, so. I don't think you brought that up. I... This actually makes me feel a little silly because the way you tee it up of, you know, oh, I know I had to be realistic and this is just a pipe dream. I did not think there was any other option. I was like, this is what I want to do. I know this is what I want to do. Oh, That's what I'm going to do. And it's such it w- an incredible mindset. I'm yeah, so jealous. <laughs> I mean, it would have been practical to think about what else because I never thought about doing anything else. And social media didn't exist when we were young, which makes us sound a lot older than we are. But social media wasn't a thing. So I always thought I want to work in hockey. I knew hockey was it. And then in high school, I started to discover journalism and content creation. And I just decided I'm going to do this for an NHL team. And I'm going to do whatever I need to do to do that. I, I should have had a plan B. So, But yeah, that's what I'm thinking. So if that's what you always knew you wanted to be, what else would you think you'd be doing? Actually, I think I know. There's two answers I have. I want to see if you guess one of them. I think you will. Okay, would you be like a chef? Yes, a chef. <laughs> I would love to be a chef. That was my answer. I, And it's funny because I've gotten to know a couple friends who are incredible chefs here in Vegas, and I realize they have a lot of the same things that make people in sports tick because the hours 
are crazy and you have to be a little bit nuts to to be doing that job because it requires all of you all the time. And so I've thought about that recently of there's a lot of similarities in some of these industries where you're, you know, required to to work a certain amount of hours. Or you're kind of always thinking you're never really off and I think a lot of chefs have that. So I would love to be a chef. I could totally see that. And Alyssa is also an excellent teacher because (laughs) she and I are both Italian. We've got that little... I mean, my last name is Bonantoni. You know Ooh, what I'm saying? That was nice. Can you say Girardi so, like that? Girardi. No, oh, it doesn't. I don't no, know. That's good. I don't know if I can. Maybe it's just I've said Bonantoni so much it comes more no, natural. No, that was good. I like Girardi. No, the first one was better. Yeah. I won't do any more for you, but she taught me how to like roll out pasta to make ravioli because cheese ravioli are my absolute favorite food and for whatever reason my grandpa never taught me how so thank goodness for ag thank goodness yeah what was your second one so we're gonna do two questions today just because it's the first episode and we want to get people excited so the second question and after i say these first two words you're gonna roll your eyes and say this is the most Alyssa question to pick ever but amber wants to know favorite books oh my gosh you from the players and other staff from the organization. So I have a list here. (laughs) Okay, well, not only did I actually roll my eyes, I'm pretty (laughs) sure my oh my gosh was an audible eye roll for you guys. Alyssa's a book junkie. I love to read. Can you tell the people how many books you read in 2020? I got to 52. I got to a book a week in 2020, which I don't, I know I would never be able to do during a typical hockey season. But we were stuck inside and I love to read and I saw, hey, here's an opportunity. That's why I think it's impossible for you to pick a favorite. How do you so, pick a favorite? Well, I bro- I have categories. And for me, <laughs> when somebody asks me a favorite book, it's like asking somebody who their favorite child is, where you can't say it out loud because you're worried the other books are going to hear. But I have, I actually know some of the players and staff members' favorite books. So George McPhee was in a athletic article last year, and they talked to 100 people in hockey about the last great book they read. And his was A Gentleman in Moscow by Amor Tolls. I believe is how you pronounce it, but a a tremendous book. George has fantastic taste in books, and I always pick his brain because we have a lot of uh, book recommendations that we share with each other. And I know Alec Martinez recently recommended to you a book that I also recommended to you, so... Alyssa was so mad about this because I, after our media day, starting training camp, getting everything going, making small talk with some of the players and Alex specifically, I know that he's a big reader. And I just asked him if he had any book recommendations for me. And he said, all the light I cannot see. We cannot see. We cannot see. Excuse me. I haven't, re- I haven't, really read, haven't read it. Oh I haven't gosh. read it yet. It's on my nightstand. This is one of my all-time I'm favorites. I'm still finishing The Nightingale. So let me finish that. And then I'll move on to that one. But I come upstairs after doing that and I'm like, oh, yeah, Alyssa, you'll like to hear about this. Alec gave me a book recommendation. And I tell her the title and she goes, Stormy. 
I recommended that to you. I went like, and found the months text. ago. I went and found the text from like six months prior where Stormy asked me for book recommendations and I recommended that one. To so. be fair, she wrote me a book of book recommendations. These text messages so long. So I picked three of them that I did go out and buy yes, that week. which you but, liked. Which I did like. Yeah, and so that just wasn't one of the just, ones that I picked okay. up. I forgive you, but uh, I need to talk books with Alec Martinez. You do. Because we apparently also have similar taste in books so my all-time favorite is <laughs> that just such a nerd <laughs> my all-time favorite book is old man in the sea by ernest hemingway have you read it no but it's a hemingway book a hemingway hemingway is my all-time favorite author and old man in the sea it just it hits you right there so all-time favorite book i listed out the top books i read last year the nightingale which you mentioned is one of them i hope you're loving it i'm excited to talk about it more than halfway through it now so i'm really into it and the nickel boys tremendous i lent it to darren millard and told him if you don't give this back to me (laughs) i i do know where you live i know where you work and it's been about a year his wife has read it darren has just been sitting on this book for a year I hope Darren hears this and gives me my book back. And Alyssa is kind of scary. Um, <laughs> I'm not scary. For her birthday, I know a present that you got was a stamp that has your like initials. It says Library of Alyssa Girardi, and I stamp it into the front page of all my books. And I'm not going to lie, part of the reason this is such a great gift is so when people like Darren try to steal my books... Every time they open it, they're going to feel a little bit of guilt. Because it doesn't say Library of Darren Millard. It says Library of Alyssa Girardi. You're not out of this scot-free. Well, so is that all the social questions that you have? For now. We need to give people something to tune back in for next week. But send us your questions. These are kind of, we'll take whatever. So that's a little little flavor. A little sneak peek. Of what you're going to get in the Let's Get Weird segment. (laughs) Let's get weird. TM. Let's get weird. (laughs) (laughs) And another segment that we're hoping to continue on all year long is our misconduct segment and we feel like this is an important just fun tie-in to not only our podcast name but also a way that we can kind of call out people so to speak and this could be silly it could be serious at times too but we're gonna start it off on a fun note because I have watched this video about 50 times. And I laugh every single time. It's so funny. This is what I was talking about earlier when I said we would be re-referencing the Lake Tahoe game. Basically, former Golden Knights player Pierre-Edouard Belmar was having some post-training camp practice availability and he was being asked about the Lake Tahoe game. And he said he was he's really excited because he's never got to actually skate on the lake before. And very quickly, Andre Burakovsky stepped in there and said, you know you're not skating on a lake, right? We're on the 18th hole. <laughs> So we're going to, hold on, we're just going to play a clip of this audio for you. The last part of this, to me, is the funniest. So let's hear it. I'm excited about it. (laughs) I actually, like, I have never uh, skated on a lake my entire life. We're not skating on a lake, though. Huh? It's not on the lake. It's not on a lake? No, it's beside the lake. No! Yeah. I thought it was on Lake Tao. We're playing on the 18th uh, fairway, bro. 
No. Take, I didn't even know. You can take it. Take, you can take For it. real? Oh, you just crushed my dreams. You just crushed my dreams. That... I'm like crying. I've listened to this so many times. I know. Times. It's so funny. And as you guys know, Belmar, one of everyone's favorite former Golden Knights, just he's a perfect first game misconduct. It's like it's letting so it slip. Funny. It's like letting it slip to a little kid that Santa isn't real and the yeah. puppy dog eyes coming up. Wait, Santa isn't real? Yeah, and you told the kid in front of a media scrum. So everybody recorded it and posted it on social media. And oh, belly. Let me see how many shares this initial post has. 317,000 views. <laughs> More than eight thousand chips. That's so. We need, a, we need a we need a noise effect there. So actually, I don't know who's more of the misconduct. Is it Belly or is it Andre for for being the one that crushed the dreams? It, the whole situation is, is a twofer. misconduct. It's oh, we love you, Belly, but goodness. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's a perfect note to end our first episode of Game Misconduct on. Please make sure that you listen, subscribe, comment, rate, so that we know uh, my dad's not the only one listening. <laughs> it would be very yeah. If my parents figure out how to listen to a podcast, they'll that, be listening too. So that's a story for another day. But we will be getting into that <laughs> soon. But seriously, thank you so much for listening and starting this journey with us. So we're super excited about it. We're going to have a lot of fun this season. I know this first episode was really just a general understanding of what the show is, who we are, and uh, a look at some of the incredible guests that we're going to be able to have along the way. So we hope you enjoyed it. Make sure you check back with us again for our next show because we're going to have a number of games against the Arizona Coyotes this season, and we're going to be chatting with Marissa Mast, who Alyssa, I know you know really well. Yes, Marissa is incredible. I've known her for a couple years, and she's now their VP of social media and brand strategy. She's so much I want to talk to her about. She's a a new mom and just recently got promoted to, and she's just, from the outside, she's doing it all. And I think on the inside, she is too. So we're going to chat with her about all that balance and how how she's managing and just seems to be kicking butt in every area. Super excited to have that sit down with Marissa. Another humongous, humongous thank you to Heidi Browning for being our first guest. There's no better way that we could have started this show than with somebody as incredible and influential as her. Make sure that you stick with us throughout the season. We can't wait. And remember, there's more game misconduct than you think.